All right, welcome back. This is officially the fifth episode for the Slippery Boys, uh, a three-man squad tonight. It's myself, Simon Chandler, Jake Giordano, and Evan Kelly. We seem to be kind of the, the usuals here, the staples. Um, we got an interesting pod tonight. We're going to dive through some NBA free agencies. There's been a couple huge contracts, a couple questionable moves. Uh, I know we all have a, a piece to say on that. Uh, we're hoping to get our good friend Rachel Macklow on first, uh, second guest of the pod, actually. Uh, good friend, fantasy football expert. Uh, doesn't bring a whole lot else to the table, but nice girl. And there's a chance we might be blessed by an appearance from Will Manzi. Uh, he is CEO of the required knowledge blog media page uh some exciting stuff going on over there uh but that's up in the air if not tonight he'll join us another time uh otherwise ev jake you want to uh say hi what's going on everyone looking forward to talking welcome back so kind of game plan here we're thinking of just uh moving through some of the bigger contracts, then as we get down to more of the nitty-gritty, we uh, might just touch on the, the more interesting ones. Uh, biggest contract so far this offseason, which should end up as the biggest contract, was the Jeremy Grant contract, which is a very, very questionable contract, in my opinion. It's kind of a team that has no real direction. It's clear... They've been also shout out Ryan Windhorse. Love that guy. He was on podcast P uh, like a week ago. Real interesting listen. And he was talking about how the Blazers have been tanking uh, without kind of admitting to tanking the last couple of years. And so now they have Scoot and Shaden Sharp, who I like them both a lot. Anthony's still young. Uh, but I, I don't really understand it. Jeremy Grant contract whatsoever for either timeline. But yeah, Ev, you want to? Yeah, I actually threw up a tweet yesterday. Simon, I think you might have accidentally unfollowed me on Twitter. So I don't know if you caught it, but um, I was saying, I basically, basically around February, the Blazers made a clear pivot from shooting for like the eight seed plan range and just deciding to fully embrace tanking. Dame was sitting with basically made-up injuries, it seemed like, every game. And I was just saying, I think that that could really go down as one of the best front office moves <laughs> in recent memory. To go from fighting for a playing spot to three months later having Scoot Henderson on your roster, I think is pretty much a dream scenario for uh, the Blazers friend, uh, franchise. And now they should get a nice return on Dame, keep building around Shaden and Scoot, and I think their rebuild is really, really looking good at this point. Um, yeah, I kind of agree with Sai. Like, I don't really get the signing there. Like, I mean, if your Dame stays, then, like, yeah, it makes sense to kind of go for it and then put all the money in. But now you're paying him, like, what, as a number two on a team that has pretty much all young pieces and they're not really going to win much. So, I don't know. Paying him was, like, that smart. But what do you even mean by number two behind Dame? I'm saying, like, money-wise, like, like a two or three, like how much uh, he's getting paid. Like, uh, like I mean, it's getting what thirty-two million a year. So I mean, 
And like, well, what are you gonna do? Like, I feel like by the time that ends the contract, though, you might like you're not gonna be paying like you're gonna have, like that's where, like kind of when Scoot and uh, Shaden are gonna be getting paid. So I mean, it's not like like an ends like an end of the world contract. Like it's gonna be done by the time they actually have to start spending a bunch of money on the players they're drafting now. But I mean, I don't know. It doesn't really make sense. I feel like you kind of want to maybe run out like Shaden. I mean, Shaden, Anthony, and Scoot. And now you kind of have Jeremy Grant at the four, maybe. But I don't know. I'd rather just like play all my young guys, save some money, and then. But I don't know. I don't really get the signing, but I don't think it's like terrible. But it's kind of just like a mid move, in my opinion. I feel like there's worse things for like a team built around young guards to have a guy like Jeremy Grant in the fold. And like you were saying, you kind of you got to pay somebody, and they're not paying Scoot or Shaden yet. Or I mean, Anthony's got a good contract, but you got to pay someone. So you might as well pay a guy who can play defense. He's he can play the three or the four. So I don't really think he's in the way of any of their young guys. So I feel like it's not that bad of a move. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't think it's kind of like a nothing move. Like it's like like his contracts be over when they pay people, and they're not going to win with him and the team that they have right now. So. Yeah. yeah, I think that's kind of just going to be like a contract that ends and nothing happens with it. I, I think I would have just preferred to pay him more money, less years. I don't know if I really want five years of Jeremy Grant, but I also uh, I think there's a couple of things about the NBA that more people are realizing. One, yeah, you it like it by rule, you do have to pay people. Um, like the money does have to be dished out, and two, I think it's a fool's move to just get as many young guys out there and hope some pan out. You need bets in the locker room. You need them to be, you know, it's not as effective if they're just trying to figure it out and play summer league basketball for two years. You want to have them actually playing like real basketball and learning to play effective basketball even if it's not at the highest level for it to actually pan out down the road that's i i think people don't realize how people think the thunders rebuild is great i think it's horrible it's taken way too long um and like sure they have they, they've got great pieces but it this is it you gotta understand like some teams like the blazers ideally with Shane Sharp and Scoot, if those two pan out the way they plan for them to, they never really bottomed out. They were never like a laughing stock of the league. Um, as a Grizzlies fan, I like to talk about them. They had one year, two years um, bad, but they entered the rebuild phase at the same time as the Thunder. And they are in drastically different situations now. So uh, I kind of disagree. I mean, yeah, I disagree I as well. I feel like the Thunder didn't bottom out as much as people think. Yeah, like, they also had like either. they had like no, Paul George for like a little bit. Like they like weren't like bad. Like they obviously like to get shit. Like they're bad, but like yeah, I mean they were the first obviously had, I think Paul like three years ago. right yeah and right now like they're like the best young core in the league. I think. Should we get into the bleacher graphic young cores? <laughs> yeah, I saw that, but I, I think. OKC's, I think OKC having Shea, having yeah, pull it up because I don't just Victor being on a team makes the number one is crazy. Shea literally yeah, was an MVP. Shea, Shea was an MVP candidate 
Josh Giddy is like a walking triple double. And Chet, I think, is going to be like one of the best players in the league next All right, year. Here we go. Number nine is the Hornets. Lamelo Ball, Brandon Miller, James Book Knight, Kai Jones, Bryce McGowns. I consider okay. myself. Those, I would say the, the bottom. Big, I do not know who Bryce McGowns is. Kai Jones those, sounds vaguely. Oh familiar. come on, he's from Texas. Some respect on McGowan's name. Okay, I'd say those bo- dude Book Knight is terrible. All right, dude. all right. That bottom right, three Pacers, is garbage. Pacers. Can either of you tell me who Ben Shepard is? <laughs> who? Ben who? Future they have Halliburton, Matherin, Isaiah Jackson. I don't even know if I know him. I thought that guy was on the... Ben Shepard and Jarris Walker. Wait, wasn't Isaiah Jackson on the Pistons? Oh, my God, dude. It gets worse. Seven... Wait, who the Pistons just said? The Timberwolves. Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, Leonard Miller. No, boy, this, Leonard Miller is – he's good. Uh, actually, I swear to God. Josh Minot. <laughs> Not too familiar with his game. And Wendell Moore Jr. Is that the guy who was at Duke for like – Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know about that. Pistons, Cade, Jalen Duran, Ivy, Isaiah Stewart, Asur, and Wiseman. That's solid. That one's good. Five Rockets. This is just a whole lot of nothing. Going on here. <laughs> what? Kevin wait, wait. No, no, no. In all, in all seriousness, the Rockets' young core is a top three young core in the NBA. If Dylan Brooks didn't sign there, you would not be saying. I'm not. I'm dead serious. That's not even true. <laughs> all right, we'll talk about that, dude. Jabari, I'm not a big fan of Jabari. I'm a like huge him. fan. He's Dylan from... Brooks calling him Jaron Jackson Jr. Come on, I don't. I mean, he's, he was the number one overall pick, and. He dropped 35 in both summer league games. Yeah, he oh, was he playing was the third. Old. Wasn't he third? Yeah, he was third. Was he? Yeah. Apollo one, Chet two. Uh, okay, sorry, third overall pick. Dropped 30, like uh, something like 35 in both summer league games. Had a clown as a head coach last year. Ime's going to whip him into shape. No, I'm, I'm we'll see. Sorry. Yeah, I don't I like the guards. Like, I mean, like, you got Tari Eason too. Tari Eason on that Rocket squad. Oh my God. Tari Eason's We got. We got Jalen Green, Kevin Porter, Jabari, Tyra Eason, Alperin Sangoon, Eamon Thompson, Cam Whitman. No, that's oh a good squad. That's God. a good that's a good core. That's a good core. Even if five really? of them pan out. If five of them pan out out of the that's seven a, of those a, names. A, that would be great. If five you're saying if five of them pan out. I feel out, like dude, like Jalen's already there. I mean, you guys are so hard. Jalen's already there. Al Parents and Yoon is a good player as well. He's like already, he's already, dude. You ever watch him play? Yep. Dude, you ever watch him play? Like 48 minutes? He kind of looks like an alien on the court, but like. Al Parents and Yoon? I don't even think this should be a hot take. He looks like a praying mantis. Take away the house so- highlights, posts, or the graphics <laughs> when he's the only cable player playing and he gets like 10 assists. I'm not sure he's an NBA player. In three years, I, I really Evan, don't dude. Think dude how old is he? Dude, he's so young, dude. He's moving in slow motion out there. <laughs> Literally, if 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 Jokic wasn't a player, he's not in the NBA. Teams just think that. All right, I'm moving on from the Rockets. Magic. Dude, he's 20 years old. I don't know how the Magic are on here. Actually, all right, Paolo and Franz. That's really good. Oh, Anthony. They might oh, move Anthony. on from Franz. I, the Grizzlies are not getting Franz. I, I, I just hear rumors <laughs> they might move on from. For who? I, I, I'm not. Cole Anthony, Suggs, Jed Howard, Anthony Black. 
that's pretty good. Anthony Black's gonna be good. It's all right. <laughs> Palo and Franz are very good. I'll give them that. Yeah. Pelicans. Zion, Trey Murphy, Dyson Daniels, Jordan Hawkins, Kira Lewis. I don't know how that one's what's that. That three? just all hinders on Zion. I was at three. Well, Trey Murphy's good. I don't know if that puts them on like over the Rockets and the Magic though, but that's obviously not your list. But two Thunder. That's just terrible. Jay Giddy, Chet, Kaysen Wallace, and the Jalen Williams brothers. Um, <laughs> both good. Number one, this is just ridiculous. Big, yeah, it's terrible. Wembenyana, Sochan, Champagne, Malachi Branham, Devin Vassell, Blake West, Wesley. Simon, I assume you want to throw the Grizzlies hat in this ring. Are they, are they like too old? Is that the argument? I think so. Like the they must be too old. Um, I, think I mean, we I mean, we used to be top of this list with the Celtics. Back dude, when they, it was like the job. I think you kind of grad. I think you graduated there. Yeah, we have yeah, RJ, twenty three. Uh, I feel like that's like older than like most of those people on that list. Not really. Everyone's like max twenty two, besides like Zion. How old is Shangun? 20. He's 20. He's 20. <laughs> oh, Anthony's got to have a kid at this point. <laughs> just because, hey, don't, don't, just because he's got a kid doesn't mean he's not old. Dude, Sham, didn't Champagne... Look at, look at, look at 19-year-old Jason Tatum. Like I'm pretty sure Champagne... Son. I watched Champagne play at least three is, seasons. Is, isn't time. he in like the G League too? No, they signed him too. It's like three years, 12 million or something. Oh, dude, I'm sorry. All right. Well, my I was saying, I don't know how quickly RJ Grimes and Mitch were all rotation guys on a second round playoff team. But if they're saying they're too old, whatever. Mitch Robinson. Is Mitch Robinson past his 27 year old prime? <laughs> he's past the, the, ma- he does, the he max. He's got a couple little ones running around. <laughs> but he's, what is he? 25 years old. <laughs> He's spry. <laughs> He's spry. I mean, we, we can still be having the the a summer with uh, <laughs> what is it? Elijah. A summer with Hakeem. Shangun. Twenty. So he's got five years to live up to Mitchell <laughs> Robinson, and he already has better numbers. Dude, maybe put Sangoon in the Hakeem Olajuwon school, and maybe he'll be up to Mitch's standards. How old is – where did Sokan come from? Baylor. Oh, Baylor. I think. Dude, he's like Dennis Rodman, like reincarnated. He's, he's trying way too hard to be Dennis Rodman. The colored hair. And I, I don't think the skill is. set's there personally, but – I agree. I don't. I feel like he's not. Well, he's part of the number like, one core in the league, apparently. So I feel like he's like a five. I feel like he's a five without like the height and the size. No, dude, he's like a two, dude. But he like doesn't. He can't shoot. So much. I'm like the worst. He's a terrible that, shooter. He's six he's eight. Shooting, I guess he's, he's a power forward, forward, but he's shooting yeah, a one three Yeah, yeah. He's dude. He's a horrible shooter. He literally is a rebounder and a defender. Yeah, twenty four point six percent from deep last year. That won't knock your socks off. Wasn't he? Uh, yeah, dude. wasn't he going out awesome. on Twitter a lot? Really? LeBron. Like, LeBron. He was like trying to start beef with LeBron. I think LeBron doesn't care about that though. I don't know. Huh. LeBron is. I think LeBron is a little more sensitive than you think. 
right. Also, you guys, uh, have you guys been seeing the clips from Jeff Teague's podcast? No. Yeah, he's got a podcast now. They let he's, anyone. Everyone's got a one. They are hysterical. You guys have to watch these. He's talking about how, like, he was teammates with Tracy McGrady. And basically, they had, like, so much beef because Tracy McGrady was, like, trying to get him out of the starting lineup. And Jeff Teague was, like, going to have his boys, like, jump him after a game. But <laughs> you guys really got to watch. It's so funny. I feel like I saw the one with, like, Anthony at, like, Someone was like team like on the during the. Did you guys see that clip of like the All Star game? That's that's podcast. Like, yeah, that, yeah, that one's good. That's that was with like, Draymond. That was a good. That was a good lesson. Who was the guy talking about? Who was that? Was it Hallib? Who was on the bench? With it, it was Halliburton on it was the Halliburton. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good clip. That's a good podcast, dude. Um. Yeah, I'm a big Up advocate there. of the podcast, Pete. But all right, let's uh. Halliburton. Let's, Halliburton. Right, do you want to get into the Halliburton contract then? Well, 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 I, I know Ev has some thoughts. No, let's, the let's Pacers are going to be filing for bankruptcy. <laughs> let's let's do, do the free agents before we do the contract extensions. Dude, he is a free agent. No? No, nah, that, that, that's a contract extension. It's the same thing, dude. Now, let's let's talk about the open market first. We got a couple big names. The, the Van Vliet one got a lot of... Oh. Uh, um, I, I, I want to I get on this first because... Hey, let's let's tie Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks together as the Rockets offseason. Let's talk about the Rockets as a whole. I can lead us off. I think what they've done is really good. Um, first of all, all their young guys, we talked about the young core before, they're one, you need to pay someone. Two, you want to have like some vets that have been there before. Van Vliet's won a championship. Seems like a great guy, great locker room guy, um, decent at defense. And well, he's been working out with Jalen Green. I <laughs> probably get along just fine. Um, <laughs> uh, all jokes aside, the contract's only two years and then a team option, so it doesn't. It's Really, only two years of Fred Van Vliet guaranteed forty million, which you can get out of that way before you even run into any financial problems with all your young guys. I like that, just fine. I mean, obviously, it's you have to take a look at each team's situation, um, and the Rockets are not trying to sign someone that's gonna put them over the edge right now, kind of thing. Um, he seemed like a good fit. I'm a fan of that. I don't really care what they paid him because it's going to be two years. So uh, then the Dylan Brooks thing, that got a lot of heat from a lot of people. I want to start by saying I love it because there's not a more hated man on social media than Dylan Brooks. So it makes me so happy when, you know, House of Highlights will post something and they, they give him all the comments are about how he should be playing in Taiwan and he just made 90 million. Great job. All you, you Twitter heads. Um, that just puts a smile on my face. He deserves every penny of it. Uh, two, I, again, I don't really have a problem with the contract. It's what a lot of teams are doing right now, which is great. It's uh, he's getting a, it's front loaded. So he'll be 
being paid a lot this year and then it's going down. So in the final two years of his contract, when Van Fleet's off the books, he'll be making like 19 and 18 million a year, uh, which like an all NBA defensive level player uh, at 18 million a year really isn't bad. Um, I think if there's one coach and maybe not one coach, Ime is going to be able to reel him in a little bit on the shot-taking front. Uh, leadership, as a Grizzlies fan, he actually is a fantastic leader. People will try and clown that 100% a great leader did. Desmond Bain will speak wonders about him. Brought Desmond Bain partially to where he is. David Roddy, just been a mentor for all those guys. And uh, it sounds like a lot of Rockets players are excited about that. Uh, I've actually got a piece coming out on required knowledge about the Dylan Brooks contract and what a great piece of business it is. So look forward to that. That'll be a good read. But yeah, I mean, I think it's exactly what they needed. He's one of the best wing defenders in the league. Uh, he, I mean, if you look at the numbers, you could argue he's the best. He had the most minutes against all-star caliber players in the NBA last year. And out of the 90-plus players with, I want to say, over 400 minutes on All-Stars, he held them to the lowest field goal percentage out of all 90 players that did that. Um, he, I mean, I, I think I pulled up the, the Steph Curry numbers. Steph, in the last two seasons, guarded by Dylan Brooks, is shooting under 33% from the field and 7 for 29 from 3. Um so that's mono mono stats. I mean, I like it. it. The proof is in the pudding. He's a great defender. Um, so he'll go out. He'll be the dog, the enforcer in the locker room. I love this piece of business, by and I, I do not think it's an overpay whatsoever. So I'm all for it. But I'll let one of you guys go. I kind of rambled there. Fred, you said Fred, Fleet, whatever. I mean, they're not paying like the two years. It's like. Who really cares if that you said they have to pay someone? But I mean, Dylan Brooks as well. You just spent like two hundred million dollars, pretty much, on two guys. I just pulled up the stats. So they shot a combined thirty nine percent from the field and thirty three percent from three last year. I mean, if that's how we're spending two hundred million dollars in the NBA these days for two guys who are very below average shooters from last year, percentage wise. I mean, I guess everyone gets $20 million in the NBA these days. So, I mean, comparing the Dylan Brooks contract to, like, some other people, it's whatever because he's a good defender. But, I mean, hopefully – I mean, you have Jalen Green who takes, like, 30 shots a game. So, maybe he just will stop shooting a little bit. Hopefully, he, he took 13.6 shots per game last year. That should be about six per game. Fred Van Vliet's at 16.1 probably coming down like he's with Kevin Porter Jr. Fred and Jalen he's probably not going to be getting the same amount of minutes he was getting so he's probably going to come down to uh <laughs> he's probably coming down to like 10 shots a game maybe around there and I don't know it's just whatever like you're not the family you're not paying him for that many years, so who really cares? Because you're not gonna be, you have to pay the Jalen Green and Porter Jr. and all Jabari and them in a few years. So that contract's only to go two years. Dylan Brooks is is what you said it was what front loaded. So you're gonna be paying him eighteen million dollars in like four years. It's gonna be 
at the pace of the NBA prices, it's going to be like a steal. But, I mean, for a defender, it's whatever. F. Yeah. Um, Simon, earlier you referenced David Roddy. Um, I was curious. <laughs> Would you rather have David Roddy or Ben Shepard or Josh Minot? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know two out of those three players. So I'm going to oh, stick yeah. with my guy, David Roddy. Seriousness. That was great uh, analysis from you guys. Simon obviously knows Dylan Brooks more than probably any man in this world, probably better than his own kids. We know he's not a great father. <laughs> and Jake, um, that was good. Um, I really liked when you talked about how many shots Jalen Green can take. Um, the... Uh, I think the front-loaded contracts are really um, great. Brunson's contract is the same way. Like, by the time his ends, he's making, like, very low 20s, which is fantastic for him. Um, I mean, like you said, you got to pay someone. Van Vliet, two years, whatever. They won't be playing for anything. Hopefully, he can show the young guys the ropes. God knows they need it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I got no problems with it. Dylan Brooks, great defender. Uh, he'll help out. I'm sure Ime is happy to have him. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really have any problems with it. I don't think they're even a playing team in the West, more so because of how good the West is than anything with them. But uh, I, they're definitely on the come up. Um, I think Eamon Thompson will be really good. I like what I saw from him in summer league, even though he's hurt now. Um, so, yeah, they're moving in the right direction. I still think they're a couple years away. So, um I have no problem with the contracts. Yeah, I just wanted to mention one. Um, I mean, use the the Ben Kohlberg regression to the mean here. All of Dylan's. This was a career low offensively for Dylan, and uh, I don't. I, the problems with the Grizzlies lie much deeper than just like an inability to shoot. They had Bain and Kennard. Um, they increased their three point shooting and. I read something. So they increased their three-point shooting at the trade deadline by adding Luke Kennard, who was a big playoff piece, and yet they had the worst three-point percentage in the half-court offense. Like they were, it's it's the plays that were being run. Um, this was Dylan's do, worst. Do you think career. Dylan Brooks? Do you think Dylan Brooks had something to do with the poor three-point shooting? Or, uh, I mean, Tyus Jones shot worse than him. Uh, John Morant didn't shoot exceptionally well. He's pretty um, good at shooting, though, no? Bain and Kennard also shot work lower than their season averages. <laughs> David Roddy actually shot pretty well in the playoffs. What about Conchar? How did John Conchar do? Uh, uh, he contributed more on the defensive end. I don't know if... Santiago Dama got some good... He got he some good two there. huge blocks on Anthony Davis in the same game. Um, so. that was actually one of my favorite moments in the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, I mean, regression to the mean, I think all of Dylan's stats will come up this year. Uh, it'll be better shot taking. I do think Ime is a great coach for him. Um, you know, he's always one of the biggest what ifs in basketball, uh, in Boston, depending on his morning choices. Um, also, I think it has to be mentioned what Ime did with Smart. 
his one year as the head coach, he won defensive player of the year. So um, I, I think he may probably said, I've got this guy who I trust. I want him to be my Marcus Smart. Because, um, the, the, I mean, they're probably each other's best pro comp in the league. Uh, the last point on that, what did I want to say? I, I'm the biggest curiosity I have is what Dylan Brooks' market was like because I doubt the Rockets came out and said, "Look, we want to pay you ninety million. Um, would you be fine with that?" Like, I'm curious who else was looking to spend kind of huge money on Dylan, and that's another thing where I'd be curious, depending on how his time goes. I think if in two years' time, he's two years, $40 million. Uh, I can imagine come playoff time, a contender would want a defender like him, especially if he may get some right with shot selection and stuff. But we'll see. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of what's going on in Houston, mostly because I've been doing an absurd amount of research on them because of Dylan's arrival. Um, but let's keep it moving. Uh, the Kai, do we want to talk? We've got... Kyrie, Draymond, Wait. Cam Johnson, any um, of those? You're, you're. I know you said you were writing, uh, summed up about Dylan. Do you think, at some point, you could get in the Rockets locker room? <laughs> um, uh, I maybe over Zoom, I could do something. I, I don't know. I it's just, a different world, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean it. There's maturity there. You got um, Ime. If there's one guy I want to trust in a locker room, it's Ime. Nice. He, he's got a, a track record. Um, it's pretty clean. Yeah. But Kevin Porter. What has Kevin Porter been arrested now? <laughs> I mean, that, that's what's good. Dylan's seen it all before with Jaw. So. Yes, that's true. Um. But yeah, do we want to zero in on like one of Kyrie, Draymond, Cam Johnson, any of those guys? I mean, they're, they're all re-signing. I mean, we could talk. Chris I just say like the Cam Johnson was kind of the same. He said he's like he had like a front-loaded contract. He's I think he's getting paid like twenty-three, twenty-seven, twenty-one, twenty-three over the four years. So I feel like that's gonna be a good contract in the last like two years for forty-four million. So I feel like that's kind of what NBA teams are doing, I guess. In two years, what? There's, like, the new TV deal or something, or CBA or whatever. They're getting more money. But front-loading contracts, Nets aren't winning. So we can move on from that contract. I don't think that's really anything crazy. Yeah. Why is Clax getting paid? What? Who's the big fella getting paid, Claxton? Uh, He's getting paid next year, I think. Yeah, okay. He's going to get a good amount of money. Yeah. I, I I'm a fan of Claxton. He's uh, he. I'll say this about Claxton is, year after year, you see like you could see how like how much better he's gotten. Like year over year, like from his first year, he was not playing at all, and like last year, he was the year before last year he was solid, and this year he kind of finally like he was kind of just like a rim running alley oop threat, and just like now like he's actually like kind of developed a post game. Obviously, he can guard one to five. I feel like you always need someone who's kind of like your anchor on defense. And now that he actually has like somewhat of a post game, I feel like he just has to figure out his free throws and he's going to be a pretty complete center. Boy, do I know the summer camp for him. 
<laughs> Maybe is Al you think Al Perrin Singoon's gonna be there? Al Perrin Singoon might be a running it. You think he's running it? I think the Nets have a good future if we make a few right moves. I trust this Sean. is my dream counselors. No, my dream campers at Hakeem's camp this summer. Mitch Claxton. I think Draymond could really use it. Draymond had a post game. That's really something. Um, I'd like to see Tatum down there. Tatum gets into just trouble. Banging, just banging bodies, just backing down on guys. Yeah, when he's just jacking up threes is when he gets into trouble. So, I mean, people say that that's when LeBron really took off, when he started working with Hakeem. Like 2013, that's when he got his low post game. He wasn't just all downhill driving. You guys think I'm crazy with this Hakeem camp talk. It's real. I mean, I, 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 the hype's real. I've seen I've been, the. I've been, I've been trying to get Mitchell Robinson in the gym with that guy for years. I've seen the Hakeem or uh, Mitch Robinson offseason workout videos. I think he's much surpassed the, the Hakeem. I think he'll be working with Steph pretty soon. The way he moves. Well, I just found out he's twenty five. I thought we had one one day. You have all the time in the world. Next day, you know, <laughs> past his prime. Someone's telling me. <laughs> Um, oh, you can go on to the Kyrie. You want to go on to that one? I don't even have much to say about that. I mean, it's. I guess it's I'll, fine. I'll, He's probably gonna be. I, I'll say this. I, I told. I told my dad that they gave him what, like a hundred and ten million guaranteed. And my dad quote said, "Are they stupid? He's never playing for them, and he's gonna sit out every game." So, you know, I kind of agree. I don't think he's gonna play a lot. Obviously, as a Net fan, I had to deal with his antics of him saging the locker room. Now he's got an extra team to sage with the Nets and the Celtics now. And I don't know. I think he's just a distraction. He doesn't fit with Luka. I just the puzzling signing to me. I'm personally glad to see him and Grant Williams reunited. Um, we'll talk about Grant Williams. I, I'll just say a quick piece on him. I'm just happy as someone that lives in Boston, I don't have to see Grant Williams or also known as Jason Tatum's babysitter or Deuce Tatum's babysitter rather uh, I don't have to see him like what a, what a just a boring boring basketball player he is someone I just I don't like any time ever I've spent thinking about him so I'm glad he's in Dallas where I don't have to think about him much but I'm really happy that Kyrie and Grant get to play together again because I think that's something that made Celtics fans cry tears of joy in the past. And I'm sure it's what Mavs fans will get to do now. So yeah, I I've I've had a very roller coaster relationship with Grant Williams. One of my favorite college players when he was in college at Tennessee. Couldn't stand the dude on the Celtics. Absolutely despised watching him play. Um but then these past couple of weeks I was almost talking myself into wanting the Knicks to get him just as we need a backup for now that Opie's gone, he can stretch, stretch the floor, shoot it. Um, feel like he would be a good fit with Tibbs, but now that, uh, that ship has sailed, I kind of, re- <laughs> I don't, I don't regret, uh, thinking that I think he's a solid player, but, uh, I'm not too upset. We didn't get him. I actually think he's a good fit with Dallas. He doesn't need the ball at all. They need a defense more than anything, uh, because Kyrie and Luca don't bring much, much on that end. So I think it's a good fit. Um, 
I actually think the Mavs had a pretty good offseason. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't mind it. He's just – he's a mad basketball player to me. Um, I want to talk about the Austin Reeves deal because a lot of people look at that as a steal, which value-wise uh, it is. I, I don't fully understand how contracts work, but again – Listening to the Brian Winhorst uh, podcast P episode, really valuable. And uh, that was, was the max contract the Lakers could have offered him. Um, and pretty much if other teams wanted to come in, they would have had to pay him kind of ridiculous money. Uh, so it kind of seemed like the only logical contract. And good for him, Team 14 member, which uh, congratulations to Dave Scott on the retirement. Also, fellow required knowledge member but uh yeah team 14 member seems like a good guy off the floor um he's already 25 years old so i mean sneaks up on you when you're 25 him and mitch robinson are uh actually on the same timeline but uh we didn't get the uh the lakers in the top 10 young cores with reeves and uh max what's that dude max christie Christie. Yeah. yeah they're loaded um, but yeah, I mean, good for him. He thrives on the LA whistle. Uh, so glad he got paid, but not a bad deal. I don't really have much thoughts on the Grant Wheeler Reeves. I mean, they're both, I don't know. Reeves was a good, I think he'll be a good contract. He's a good role player for the Lakers. But I feel like once, I think LeBron's going to leave after this year. So I feel like they're going to start to tank. And then he's going to be a trade piece. I think he'll be traded by the end of that contract. With the Lakers not going to be, I don't think they're going to be all that good with AD never playing. LeBron's going to leave to go play with with Brownie. Yeah, I don't know. I think he'll be traded. That's my uh, prediction. Um, have you good on Austin Reeves? Yeah, I mean, I think he's he's a good player. Um. For that money, I think it's a good signing. I I'm just I was never like blown away by him, like many people were. Um, I think a lot of that is the fact that he is 25 years old, um, which I think I think a lot of people probably don't realize that, just because he burst on the scene this year. But um, yeah, I mean, like I think who he is now is probably who he is the rest of his career, which isn't a slight at him. He's a very good player, but uh. Like I think if people expect him to keep improving, I'm I'm not sure that's in the cards. Yeah. Um. So I got two more contracts I want to talk about, uh, or maybe three, um, and then if there's any you guys want to, you're welcome to. Uh, one kind of fun contract, or fun NBA offseason thing. I don't know if you guys saw the kind of fine print in the Paul Reed contract, dude. Danny Ainge, go yeah. Um, so, for those who don't know, uh, essentially, the first year is guaranteed, and then the second two years would be guaranteed if the team made the conference semifinals. And so, the Jazz, Utah Jazz, offered that contract, and they obviously would not be in the conference semifinals uh, after this season, but it leaves the Sixers up to decide whether they want to match it. And the Sixers have a 
probably a very good chance at being they'd like to be in the conference semifinals, no doubt. So if they match the contract, they're kind of giving him a guaranteed three year deal where if he signed with the Jazz, it would just be a one year and then they'd have options. So kind of a fun forcing the Sixers hand move genius by Danny Ainge. I don't know if uh, you guys want to comment on that, but yeah, I think obviously, obviously it's like a fantastic move because like, obviously like you want to have a good payroll. That's obviously a huge part of the NBA. Like, a lot of your alloc- like allocating your funds is just a big thing. So like, although like they didn't get the player, like you're putting another team that you're gonna maybe compete with down the line in a worse off financial point. Even though it's only eight million dollars, but I mean, you know what I mean. I, it's just like the jazz the force- would be spicy, dude. You never know in three years. Yeah, I think know. I do know. There is no chance that happens. you never know. You never know unless you. It, it it. It's, it's the the lottery on the listen. sweepstakes. Hey, they oh, grab the first. Know. They grab the first pick. You never know what happens. You you could you never know in the NBA what could happen. They could grab the first pick, make a trade, well. and then you got a few good spots. Simon almost went out west to BYU. <laughs> True, <laughs> <a lot of laughs> but. <laughs> We know what kind of free agents they can draw. There's Dude, a there's lot no, of lucrative. I am, you, you never I'm know. Not a big, uh, I think it's just like putting another team at like and like forcing their hand and putting them in like kind of a negative spot with like a contract. Obviously, he's not being paid a lot, but like it's just like a fun a thing move. that he did. It's a good move. Like it's it's so smart that you're like making him making them sign a player that they didn't want to sign for three years, but they kind of had to. I'd be more impressed if it was a Western Conference team, but yeah, I agree. I, I feel yeah. like almost for, I mean, if you start drawing strings at two teams that are probably least likely to see each other down the road, <laughs> I think Utah and Philly is pretty high up there. So it crazier happens. things have happened. Crazier yeah. things have happened. Danny, crazier things have happened. That guy, he, dude, he's a genius, dude. I'm happy the way things worked out for the Knicks. But he turned down such a better Knicks package to get that Cavs deal just because he didn't want to trade Mitchell to the Knicks. So I'm not I'm a little bit down on Danny Ainge right now. Um if we're on the, the next front, should we the DiVincenzo Villanova reunion, New York you know, it just it, it's a fun it's a feel good story more than anything. Uh, I I like DiVincenzo. I think it money wise I think it's a little high, but that's uh, the whole market's inflated. Um, so I, I don't have any problems with it. I think it's more fun than anything. It's a good culture thing. I, I like what's going on in New York. I, I'll, I'll let you have your piece on this because I know. Yeah, I was kind of going back and forth on it. Um, I do like DiVincenzo. I don't love him. And my biggest fear is that Tibbs uh, kind of falls in love with players like this almost to a fault. Like, I'm a big Josh Hart fan, obviously, but he was basically playing on one ankle at certain points in the playoffs, and Tibbs was still running him out there 40 minutes a game, even when, uh, I mean, I think Grimes and Quickly are better players than him. So my biggest my biggest fear is that DiVincenzo will cut even further into the minutes of RJ, Quickly, and Grimes, guys who I really want the Knicks to be building around. So that kind of worries me, but also it gives us the chance to go small 
something that we haven't really been doing uh, in the past. So I think we can now have Dante or uh, Hart play the four because they're both excellent rebounding guards. So we won't we won't really lose much on the boards, and they're more than capable at defending bigger guys. So I think it gives us a lot more uh, versatility lineup wise. So I am excited. Unfortunately, I mean, I love Tibbs. He's probably the most stubborn coach in the league, so I'm not sure how much we'll tap into the uh, lineup versatility that uh, we could. But, I mean, I'm excited. I think we're a better team now than we were when the season ended, not by all that much. But, yeah, I'm excited. I think we're – we'll see what happens with Dame. But the only teams – in the East right now that I would say would definitively definitively beat us in a playoff series would be Milwaukee and Boston. So I don't know. One other tangent I'll go on. So many Nick fans on Twitter are just so doom and gloom. Like they get mad up about, I don't know. Uh, you guys probably don't see the tweets I see. <laughs> so maybe well, this is a but they, they're just like upset about everything. It's like, we're finally in a good place. That's also, also the Knicks weird. get the worst mock trades too. I feel like that people get upset about. Yeah, I feel like it's weird because, like, New York sports fans just always seem to be, you know, logical, head-on, straight. Um, I mean, at point in case, you talked about how I may have misclicked by unfollowing you, and completely not a misclick. I unfollowed both of you because you are just miserable. Especially, I made the mistake of turning on tweet notifications. So it's 2 o'clock on, like, a, a Saturday. And you guys are up 18 runs against the Texas Rangers. And Johnny Brito has thrown a perfect game through seven and just gave up a hit. And you guys are complaining about Aaron Boone's managing. You're not pulling him after seven. And it, it, like, it, is, it is just ridiculous. And so I, I completely believe the New York Knicks fans are a little unhinged. It, it, it's in the water or something in New York. It's ridiculous. Maybe maybe you guys have toned it back, and I can. Dude, no, the Yankees. The Yankees are. But... You're allowed. To, you're allowed to complain about the Yankees. We're allowed to complain about the Yankees. That that There's team is a one more, I, one I, more, I get This is kind of off off topic, but one other point um, that I want to make about New York fans. So I've been following the Sauce Gardner, Sante Samuel beef on Twitter a little bit. I'm a Giants fan. Um, obviously, I understand that sauce is really good. But there's this perception out there that the New York media builds up New York athletes. Like, it's like, oh, sauce is only better than Tariq Woolen because he plays in New York. Who is another – like, who are athletes that get built up because they're in New York? RJ Barrett just averaged – he's 22 years old. He just averaged 20 points on a playoff run, and there's dudes who would trade him for – and a first-round pick for Alec Burks and Bogdanovich. Like, New York athletes, I think, if anything... They're held to higher standards. Yeah, I think people... I think they're regarded... Dude, people they're people in New York are so critical. People anyway. are so, like, critical in New York. Like, all New York media, if you do one little thing, people like, are going to hound that? you on that forever. Like, people hound you that forever. Like, it's so it's like... Like, I genuinely like can't name one athlete that I would say is, like, overrated because he's in New York. Also, going back to the sauce thing, the New York media, like, he was complaining about him being ranked second, and he's like, the New York media is, like, boosting him up. But that was literally voted on by players, coaches, front office, and scouts. So, like, those are literally every single 
important person making important decisions in the NFL and have know every single thing about every player. It's like, obviously, if they're voting him second, that's not the New York media, like, hyping them up, which is, I think it's ridiculous. But playing in New York is so different. You have the, I think it's way more difficult to play in New York than any other city, obviously. And only if you're holding people to higher standards, I just don't see it. I think people, I just people like, on my favorite teams, or like they inflate them, they hold them to high standards, but they like, like inflate them. Daniel Jones, people outside of like people outside of New York think is horrible. Julius Randle, everyone thinks is horrible. Garrett Cole is vastly underrated because people just hate the Yankees. Like no one is built up more because they play in New York. I think that's such a stupid perception. And then Judge gets hyped up, but he's the best, second best player in the league right now behind Joey. I mean, yeah, I think there's also the not the net pick. There's the argument Garrett Cole is strictly built off spider tack, but that's neither here nor there. The All Star um, Game starting pitcher without spider tack. Continue. I, I saw that they didn't check his hands before the All Star Game. You wonder why he got out of the first scoreless. Um, yep. So <laughs> you're such an idiot. The, oh, the I, just, last... I know. Wait, we got off topic, but I just want to say the Dante DiVincenzo Josh Hart thing is fun. I mean, good vibes in a locker room is always good for a team. So I think even though they might not have improved player wise, I think like just like overall locker room vibes is going to help the team. I think dramatically having a full season of Hart DiVincenzo make your star Brunson happy. Look, it's a win all around. Yeah. I'm I'm a fan. The last one I wanted to talk about was uh, Russell Westbrook, just because I think um, that's a real solid deal. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of Russ at this stage in his career, but uh, I I like him. Um, I hope it continues to work out in LA. Um, he's classic, you know if the 25 games that both Paul George and Kawhi are going to be out this year. Uh, you can have Russ give you 35 minutes, 40 minutes, um, be completely ball dominant. Or if it's a playoff game and they're, you know, Kawhi and Paul George are both playing and they're playing well, you can play them 12 minutes, be a defensive spark and he's your 4 million a year guy off the bench. So, um, I think it's a great bit of business, and I think it's kind of compiled by his best fit probably being in L.A., him being loved by his teammates in L.A. Um, it, it's a win-win-win. Everyone is happy. I, yeah, I love the move. I mean, $4 million, what Julian Champagne is getting the same amount of money, and obviously people disrespect Westbrook. He's been one of the greatest players of all time. And, I mean, don't look – don't – dude, what do you mean? Westbrook is absolutely like a top 50 player of all time. Uh, I, I don't know. I just wouldn't draw my cutoff for uh, greatest of all That's time one, in I top said, 50. He's def- – uh, all right. I think he's even probably higher than that. But I'm giving top 50. But whatever. I mean, for $4 million, yeah. no, he's he, nothing. He, yeah. Defensive spark. And, you know, he's obviously – I've heard – Unlike some of those podcasts, he, people have always have spoke so highly of Westbrook. Always like great locker room guy, and also 
you know he's bringing like 100% energy, 100 intensity. I feel like obviously a little spark that the Clippers team might need. So I love the deal. There's nothing wrong with it. He's literally getting paid like vet men at this point compared to other people. So Yeah, I, I like Simon? that as well. I feel like it's hard not to like this. Like Simon said, uh, we know Paul Jordan and Kawhi will miss games. So Russ is a guy that can win you a game on his own during the season. Um, and then if they're both playing and clicking, he's obviously making $4 million. You don't feel like you need to play him 30 minutes a night. Um, and I'm just happy he stayed. It seems like he's really found a home with Clipper fans. Not like there's many of them, but Clipper fans and his teammates seems like he's in a much better place, uh, which I'm happy to see because I'm a big fan of his. Also, his defense in the playoffs blew me away. I did not know that he was still capable of that. He was basically guarding one of Devin Booker or Kevin Durant that whole series and making things tough for them. So I, I do feel like he's got um, a nice role to fill on this Clippers team, probably more of a role than he would have had uh, on any other team he would have signed with. So I'm very happy about this move. Yeah. Um, is there any other NBA takes uh, while we're on the topic before we uh... – Move on and invite Rachel on. I'm good. Um, one thing I wanted to mention, uh, I no tweeted way. out about this. Um, on our last episode, MLB guru Jake Giordano told us how he thinks it's very possible that Alec Manoa never pitches again in the majors. And what do you know, uh, less than a week later, he is starting and going six scoreless frames. So, I mean, that lineup he went against, I think I might have been able to go out there and shove against that team. I mean, Didn't he let up a run, too? He got the tight Soft contact, game. eight Ks, six oh. innings, eight Ks. Dude, I, could, I guarantee you I could strike out Javier Baez. Also, he just throw four pitches in the dirt, and he's swinging at three of them. Minimum. You, know, you know what might be the most exciting stat out of all that? Out of his 27 MLB starts, not a single walk. This is the first time ever. Finally, he walked like eight people last time he was out there. All right. Listen. Um, uh, if you guys are ready. God. Um, Here we go. We are going to bring in our second <laughs> guest. Slippery girl. We're moving into the 21st century. We're moving. <laughs> this is a first ever woman on our show. Uh Ooh. Rachel, welcome to the pod. Uh, if you want to introduce yourself, to tell the, the happy listeners a little bit about you. Uh, hello, hello, my little pumpkins. My name. <laughs> my God, this is the best day of my life. No, I didn't think it could get any better because oh, today is a great day. Well, my name is Rachel Macklow. I am... 21 and five months years old my half birthday is actually the day before simon's 21st birthday so we're gonna have a combined birthday party um my favorite color is orange and when i grow up i want to be rich well should we go simon's birthday is coming up should we go top five simon stories oh yeah <laughs> Uh, no, I don't, I don't think we'll dive Okay, I'll that. start. No, 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 no. no, no. We, we don't need to dive we'll save that. that. We'll save that for so, another day. Yeah, that, that might, maybe. We we'll can go all one night for that. In the, the maybe beyond his birthday. Maybe around, a bit, maybe around your birthday, a little closer. Yeah. Um, maybe next episode. 
Well, welcome, Rachel. Uh, you, you know, we can dive into a lot of things where uh, we talk a lot about sports here. So, you know, you're a, a big sports fan as it uh, on the spectrum of sports. And I am on the spectrum. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you're on the spectrum. You love One sports. Second. Yeah. What's the infamous fantasy draft pick Rachel made last year? Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Cam Akers over Joe Mixon. No, no, no. no. Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb. Yeah. I, that, was a good, that was a good move. That was a good move. Um, so, yeah. Uh, you're, yeah, you want to kind of tell us all a little bit about, you know, what got you into sports, you know, your, your, what you care about in the sports realm. Hold on. I've lost the meeting because my cat stepped on the um, screen. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I'm so nervous. Hey, hey, you know. This is kind of nerve-wracking. Yeah. Well, so growing up, to make a baby, you need a mom and a dad. And my dad really likes sports. So to to hang out with my dad, I learned a lot about it. And that's the only thing we talk about. Wow. I mean, that's <laughs> a little sad. Yeah. Well, I like ask him about like glamming and then he'll be like, did you see the game last weekend? And then I'm happy. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and then that's kind of like how we connected too. you were like, who is a sick girl? (laughs) I remember that that day in particular, actually, when when we all said that. Um, I I think that's actually honestly quite classic that a lot of uh, a lot of people try and get into sports to relate um let's dive into your uh personal life i know there's some connections you're you're good friends with tristan casas who's no longer a friend of the podcast after uh some we had hoped to get him on not as nice creative, guy differences. As creative differences creative differences he's not so yes, i he tried to get him on the pod right i really did everything i could because i thought we were on a good page because me, Simon, and Ben had gone to the Red Sox game together, and there was a rain delay. So I was like, who better to call and tell me when the game's going to restart than Tristan? So obviously, I ring, ring. First ring, hello, in the locker room. <laughs> I'm like, dude, when is it? First of all, he hadn't played. So I was like, when? when is the game going to resume? And he was like, you think I know everything? You think I'm a weatherman? And I was like, all right, maybe you should get on the field before you start with all this attitude. And then I asked him if he would be on the pod. I was like, can you do me a favor? And first of all, he lied because then he said anything for you. Clearly didn't mean it. And I was like, my friends do this podcast. It's like really not stupid at all. It's like really meaningful and awesome. Um, Would you be willing to be a guest speaker? And he was like. Why are you portraying it as a guest speaker? (laughs) Because. He is a guest speaker. Yeah, but it's He's like a, a more of like a friend. Yeah. Well, that's what I said. I was like, it's literally will be 10 minutes of your time. We know you have a lot of free time. You don't really do anything. Um, so do you want to be on it? And he was like, no. And then he he said no. So I left him on red. And then he sat, he texted me again and he was like, Well, is this your podcast? And I was like, All right, I gotta really pick my words wisely here. I said, no, I said, (laughs) I said, is the podcast of my great friends. Um, I was like, 
if if you do this for me, like then they'll owe me and like it will be a win-win. Like I'll get something out of it and then you'll be on the podcast. And then he was like, I'm sorry, Rachel. Like, I don't want to do this, but like, when do you want to get a drink? And then I was like, never. <laughs> so we're not really on speaking terms right now. Well, I mean, my... maybe you could have sold yourself out to get us on the pod, to get him on the podcast. I tried. Rachel. I mean, that's. Jake, maybe you don't understand. Maybe go out to di- right maybe now. go out to dinner with him, Rachel, and then he'll go on the podcast. I'm just happy maybe my take one for the team. My one week of <laughs> pretending to like Tristan Casas in case he came on can come to an end. Fuck yeah, him. fuck that guy, dude. That's yeah, why I mean, it's not gonna come on. I I I'd like to keep positive relationships with all, right, all yeah, no, I didn't athletes. Mean that. I didn't mean that. Um, but yeah, as of this time, Tristan Casas is the farthest thing from a friend. He, he's dead. He's he's dead to us right now at the moment. This he is could a, come back this alive. Is this is he a could come back alive at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, so I Rachel, mean, I, I, he will be the father of my children. So you're oh, <laughs> okay. Who invited her? <laughs> I said I wanted to be rich when I grew up. Rachel, uh, you kind of live in a you live in a house of guys. You're roommates with five men. Uh, all. Great, really nice guys, but uh, that's a pretty rare situation you find yourself in. Uh, you want to, you know, share some background about that? How you find that your relationship with these nice gentlemen? Oh, we just all get so silly. (laughs) Um, so let me tell you actually the first. Let me tell you the story of how we met. Evan's really not focusing on me right now, and I can tell. Yeah. yeah because this i'm gonna bring in a guest will berger i don't know if you guys have talked about him before i don't know if we're allowed to name drop but will miss him um was roommates with one of our friends ben and i wanted to be friends with will and ben so i took my friend olivia who i hope one day you'll have on the pod down to the next floor (laughs) knocked on the door and will as i found out later in my life told Ben he was like these girls want us so bad like that's why they're knocking on our door <laughs> and he wasn't wrong um and then we just became friends well I tried to become friends with Will and Ben Ben didn't really speak that much Will was a hoop and then we kept going back day after day and then one day Simon was in there we we're like oh okay and I think we stopped and then Simon gave us all COVID. Um, and then when we came back from COVID, we met Jake and Evan. Jake G, how I remembered his name was Jake the Giant, because I couldn't tell you guys apart. And then the other one was Evan. And then we all fell in love and now we live together. Touching. I mean, uh that was magical, Rachel. Yeah. Well, also left out the part. This might have been Olivia. Um, where it took you like five times of meeting me to remember, or meeting me and Jake to remember. Yeah, that was Olivia. I don't know how effective your Jake the Giant strategy. No, yeah, I think that was Olivia. Jake's also like a a centimeter or two. (laughs) A centimeter. All right. Well, then I, I mean, I'm also towering over Simon, so that works a little bit easier to remember. Evan, show me the dog. Maybe it was uh, maybe it was my personality, but there was never a problem. Um, I have a good story about my dog, actually. Not yeah, I mean, at this point, those who tuned in for the sports, uh, 
that's probably come to a bit of an end. We're just, but why? Just because a girl joined? We can't talk. No, no, no. Is, is, is there any sports? We'd kind of wrapped up our NBA section, but if there's any sports you want to talk about. I don't really like yeah, the NBA. Rachel, aren't you getting into tennis? Yes. So I, I was watching. I have you guys ever seen the movie Bridesmaids before? Yeah, I was watching that the other night. Yeah. Actually? I'm dead serious. Like, okay. Yeah. On Netflix. So do you know the scene where they're playing tennis and the girl's like beating the shit out of the other girl? Yeah, just drilling like, it at her. I was like, I think tennis might be a good sport for me. Bill Berger just snapped at me. Why do you think that? Back to my I've seen I've seen you perform on sports fields. So my dog Pippin. Okay. Um so probably like a month or two ago, we decided that she was ready to go. We have like our backyard and then like we put this gate up so she couldn't go like down the hill so she wouldn't run away so we've been opening that up when we're with her but the rule is you go down there you have to bring two balls so you can always distract her with a ball to get her to come back to you so today me and pippin we're just walking out there like we always do everyday occurrence i throw the first ball she's running after it out of nowhere a bunny emerges from this bush right near the ball and starts running and Pippin just sprints after this bunny, like incredibly far away from me, like not on her property at all. Um, like I couldn't see her at this point and she's never done anything like this. So now like, and my dad just got hernia surgery yesterday and he can get wow. Pippin back no matter what. But he's kind of like, he's moving slow. <laughs> it took him a while to get out here. So I'm kind of like on my own. I'm in my neighbor's yard. Neighbors aren't the biggest fans of mine. So it's just not a great situation. I finally get Pippin to come back. And then she sprints into our front yard, which leads to the street where there's like cars and shit. So now it's me and my brother chasing after her. Another rabbit comes out <gasps> sprinting after this rabbit. And basically she just wouldn't, she wouldn't follow us for like a long ass time. And it took us like probably 20 minutes to get her inside. And this had never happened before. So it was a whole big, big ordeal. But Wow. I just realized it wasn't that interesting of a story, but this is my cat with no, no tail. No. So, so, uh, um, Pippin's all as well. All as well. She has lost. Isn't her... Pippin named after a sports player? Yes. So, um, it's a little odd because my family is big Knicks fans, but our first dog was named Jordan. It was a bit of a compromise between Michael Jordan. Yeah, me and my brothers uh, wanted to name it something to do with sports. Michael Jordan, and then my mom and sister wanted a girl's name because it is a it was a girl, so we got Jordan, and then Jordan passed away unfortunately, and now we have Pippin, Jordan and Pippin. Other contenders were Horace, Horace Grant, and Rodman, Dennis Rodman. Oh, I like Dennis Rodman because you know what? He got to go to North Korea. That is a very special opportunity. Yeah, but um. To put a damper on that story, Pippin has lost down the hill privileges for the time being. So I'll let you know if there's an update on that coming, but for the time being. Well, you know what goes hand in hand with talking sports? Talking ladies. So (laughs) we're not doing that. We are not gonna do that segment. Um however, on the fly. Uh I did have, 
kind of kind of an idea. You know, we've done our sports portion. Uh, we definitely want to incorporate a little bit more of our uh, our personal lives here. I want to do a a ranking of some of the biggest weekends at school. So you know, five or er, weekends, days, you know, things. So I I know my number one. So there's Blarney is one option. It'll be one through five. Blarney is one option. There's the parents' weekend tailgate. There's Hallow weekend. Uh, there's kind of the the you know Christmas party weekend, and then there's the weekend when the hockey team wraps up their season and they throw a darty and you get to go and hang out at the hockey guy's house. Well, can I make it, can I make a six option just to explain my best day at school? Evan, you won't know, but it was Ben's 21st birthday was actually. <laughs> that can be options. That was a great. That was-, that was my favorite day at school last semester. Was I not there? No. Uh, that part of it. You, you didn't were. get the call. You didn't get the call. Rachel, if you, uh, yeah, Rachel, you want to run us through that day? And Just then... a, cl- a basic day with the boys. Uh, we went to the driving range. It was Ben's big 21st, so we had to do a little tall boy roulette. Still think it was rigged. Obviously, I got the four loco. Um, it was 2 p.m., hammered out of my mind, and then I went to the gym. It was also like Tuesday. It was like the first time I've been to the gym in months and I was like blacked out and I like fell off the treadmill and then I had to go out to dinner with Ben's parents that night as we all did. And I was, it was crazy, but it was a great day. It was a beautiful day in October. I was there. I remember going to dinner. Yeah. You didn't go to the driving range though. Yeah, I, I had this little thing called class. Rachel, oh, Rachel, yeah, did, Rachel didn't class. go. Yeah. I skipped class for that. And so I was priority. being responsibly. One note on that day. I do remember uh we hit the cages and i was taking ben just deep yard after or time after time it was like we, at some point the machine stopped working so we just grabbed balls and headed out there uh goodwill hunting style and ben was throwing bp oh my god <laughs> as easy as it comes um oh small little fun fact i was in the cape this past weekend uh in the same area that we were all in when we went to Dennis. And I don't know if you remember that place where we had the wiffle ball bats uh, and yeah, we had pizza. I, I actually drove by there. So a little flashback, but let's, let's tie this back. Rachel, amazing weekend. Uh, Ben's 21st, but we're not going to put that in just for, uh, we'll just do the top five. So if you guys want to rank those, it's Halloween weekend, Blarney. Uh, I guess a, We'll go tailgate weekend, um, probably homecoming tailgate or uh, parents weekend tailgate's the best, uh, the last weekend before Christmas. Uh, is there any weekend I'm missing? And then obviously the first hockey darty of the year when we all get to hang out with the hockey kids. <laughs> I could go first. Yeah. Um. So number five, this is like worst, worst to best. Yeah. So number five, I'm sorry, Rachel, is going to have to be the hockey. Um, you can't actually post this podcast. <laughs> it's going up. The biggest. This is absolutely going up. I mean, I, don't, I, I don't like know. name dropped. We'll edit that out. 
don't have. <laughs> we can name drop even more too if you want. No. Especially when we get to the hockey house. Uh, oh, uh, you want to? You want to go there? You no, want to? No, go- no, hey, no, 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 no. This all. Yeah, I'm not friends with run here. <laughs> I'm not friends with any hockey players. That's really what it comes down to. Um, then, so what do I have left? Blarney, Christmas, tailgate, Halloween. Halloween. All right. Um, four. I would go Christmas because it's a little bittersweet. It's like you're leaving. Um. I feel like that's a hit or miss. It's not like you're guaranteed to have a great a great weekend necessarily. Mm-hmm. Third, I would say tailgating. Just because as fun as darties are, you just come back feeling miserable. Miserable. It's hard to rally and have a fun night. So like I'm I'm putting that third because I do enjoy them and they're fun, but they do come with some downside. Second, I would go Blarney. There's just, I mean, I've had fun. Well, I've actually only been to one bar I would, <laughs> uh, because of COVID and being abroad. So the one Blarney I did go to, I had a lot of fun. Um, the cops took away my beer. Um, but still, good times, good memories. The only reason I would have it lower is... There's just a lot of pressure to have fun. You guys know what I mean? I'm not a big mm-hmm. fan of those kind of weekends. So it's like, mm-hmm. you got all this, like, it's building up, Blarney, Blarney, Blarney. It's like UMass. That's like Halloween weekend, too. Yeah. Okay. But um, I feel like specifically at UMass, it's like they paint Blarney to be, like, the biggest thing, which it is, and it's fun. But I'm. it's just like, there's a little too much pressure to have fun, I think. And it's like UMass used to be so crazy or whatever. And it's like, oh, whatever. It's still fun, and I love it. But Halloween, I feel like, is just, it's hard to its hard to have a bad Halloween, honestly. Good vibes. Um, dressing up is fun. Um, yeah, it is. Very fun. Um, you usually get, like, three, maybe even four good nights. Got some candy. I know Simon has sworn off candy. For the um, summer. I'll be back. That's not heavy back. Okay. That's just fun. How I mean, October, great weather, capping off a great month. Football season's in mid swing. I feel like the vibes are just great around Halloween. And it usually ends up being a great weekend. So that's that's my rankings. Uh Boone, yeah, if you go then uh, I'll do so hockey darty. But definitely five. Some bad experiences there in the <laughs> in the past with when me and Simon went one time. Me and Simon time. Well, I mean, there were some choice words thrown around, but we're just going to pass <laughs> over that. And then four, I agree, Christmas, because I just <laughs> don't want to. It's sad going home for the winter. Three, I'm going to go Blarney, just because we had to wake up. We woke up at like 6 a.m. sophomore year, which was like, and then we were all dead by like 12 o'clock. And, like, I felt like, I don't know, it's just kind of pointless. Evan said it was, like, it's fun to go out there, but it's always, like, snowy. It's freezing cold. And, I don't know, maybe because it's going to be at our house next year, that it's going to be even better. What? Do you not Our house, like, every year is, like, crazy boring. Like, it was I'm not like, paying the fine. 
I don't think there was a fine. I put it on the. Yeah, that's that's a problem for another. <laughs> that's another problem. Well, we could, well, whatever. You know, that's when we have Alan morning. as a guest on this. We can talk about yeah. that. Early morning, and then two parents' weekend, strictly for Aunt Arby. Shout out Aunt Arby, Rachel, one of the goats, out drank all of us, and then Halloween <laughs> weekend. Halloween weekend. Yep, Rachel could tell the Aunt Arby stories, but. Halloween number one fun dressing up. I like going out at night better. So, thanks on the prowl at night. <laughs> All the girls are dressed yeah, up. I think for I misread. Game. I think I misread this. Is it Parents Weekend or just any tailgate? Uh, yeah. I'll I you said give some. I'll give some. I feel like that's like a special weekend. Yeah, you can you can choose. Like, okay. uh, I mean, I don't think it changes. Okay. I think too much, but yeah, okay. I just misread that, I think. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll take it. And Rachel is our guest. You can wrap us up. Um, for me, I think, yeah, as as much as I do love myself a good hockey dirty, and I know they were given a lot of free drinks last time I went there, which is really nice of them. Um, Dude, they, they were just handing them out. <laughs> yeah, they, they were handing them out. They even they, they showed me where the – the fridge was just they were keeping them cold for you too (laughs) where the the door was (laughs) Uh, yeah no um i don't know i think not so much that that's not a great option i just think the other options are equally if not great um for i i think i'm going christmas one of the big players there is you tend to dress up with a sweater and you go to possibly the hottest place on earth and it feels like you're in the inside of the sun with a sweater on and you're you're sweating the whole party it's just just a nightmare um then three i think maybe halloween weekend um i'm not as high on it i always feel like Probably in the history of Halloween, I've never been ahead of schedule. On, I mean, we hit it out of the ballpark with our uh, Peaky Blinders costumes last year. But I mean, I Sorry, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite Peaky Blinder? Um, I mean, you, I know you. I know you're a big fan of the show. There's just so many good ones uh, to choose from. I mean, I, I'll give you the LeBron answer. There's too many good ones to choose from here. Uh we hit it out of the park, but I feel like, you know, there's a pressure to have the three different ones and you're always scrambling. And then I agree. I, I don't know. It's just, I don't end up loving it. And then there's also some, I, I like, I don't like having to go through the process of like figuring out where we're going. There's something great about uh the Darties and Blarney where it's like, you know, there's not even a, a second thought about like, oh, where are we gonna go? And so, yeah, Ev. So this has nothing to do with your crippling candy addiction. Just <laughs> uh, well, yeah, I mean, there is something nice about having candy at every corner. I mean, ha- if we're just talking about um, holidays, I do love Halloween. There, there's, there's something really cool about just having bottomless candy everywhere. Uh. For two, I think I'm going to have to go Blarney. Uh, we only really do have one good one under our belt going abroad. Um, and I think it was a lot of fun. 
uh i think ideally we get like a good weather one but yeah i think i like the concept this is gonna sound like an alcoholic statement but like the you know getting up bright and early and just like you have this full day you kind of prepare the night before and you have mimosas bright and early maybe something in the shower I just th there's a little this, something in the shower. <laughs> there's just this buzz around campus. There's this buzz in the house. There's it's it's this buzz going on. You got some friends a visiting. Was huh? Huh? You said not a creature was stirring, not even a mess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and then finally, uh yeah. I guess if we wanna choose to tailgate the parents' weekends fun, I think the tailgates can be a lot of fun. I love that, you know, you wake up, you might have gone out Friday night, but you didn't go hard. Um, and you Just wake up. Just a little up. stackers action. Yeah, a little sneaky stacker. Rachel, and not, Rachel not going hard might be a couple cold ones. You know, we, we happens. Make, who knows? This year we'll probably be home, maybe record a, a tipsy episode. Um, you know, just a couple of guys talking sports late at night. Maybe we get in a game of FIFA. You know, it's it's a nice time. And then it starts, you wake up, you got the college game day on. There might be Tottenham might have like a 9 a.m. kickoff. That's you. Uh, Olivia's making the protein pancake. <laughs> getting mad when no one cleans them up. You know, maybe we get an LSU game. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you know, oh, Moses. I know Mark Chandler came out for one of the the mornings before. There's just there's a buzz in the air, and uh, then you know, usually some friends come over. We have that walk down. I I just especially parents weekend when we had all of our parents here. I thought that was a blast. Um, the only problem is if there's an LSU game, none of us can go. It's true. <laughs> that is true. I, I mean, we have our priority street in our house. I mean, I can. No, it's all right. Jake ties you. us down to the couch and locks us in the living room. Yeah, but I think uh, really. <laughs> what, do what, do you, what do you mean by that? A great tailgate if you can nail, you know, the perfect amount where it's a good time, but you're not you're not completely ruining the rest of your day. Especially like parents' oh. weekend was great. Um, so yeah, that's that's my one through five. Rachel, you want to wrap us up here? Yeah, so I'm going to have a little rough take here. My number five is Blarney. I hate that day. <laughs> I, It's cold. It's snowy. I pissed my pants. <laughs> like, it was just because I, I went with B to the bathroom, but there's What's nowhere the to pee. Wait, there's what? nowhere to pee even outside. So like, I tried to I was just hammered. I was trying to squat, and it was a terrible holiday. I don't like it. It's I don't like it. Number four. What are my other options? Hockey, Halloween, Gate, Halloween, and Christmas. Mark. Christmas. Oh, I don't like Christmas. I don't like Christmas. I'm Jewish. Is it because it, yeah. Yeah. Well, it could have been a Hanukkah party too. I don't. We don't. We don't want to discriminate here. Also, as Simon said, you you dress in a sweater. You go in a hot basement. Don't really like it. I'd rather do like bake cookies with your friends. Number three, Amity Street. Great place to go. 
free drinks, but yep. some mean language used. For for our listeners that aren't familiar, Amity Street is in fact home of the hockey house. Uh, <laughs> some people have frequent flyer miles there, others <laughs> don't. But that's a uh, yeah, always a good time for those who like that. Anyways, um, number two, what do I have left? Tailgate and uh, Halloween. Oh, Halloween number two. I like it. I like dressing up, but I don't like the pressure of dressing up. And number one, tailgates, because I like drinking during the day. Yeah. Um, this brings me no pleasure, but... Jordan Romano exited the All-Star game with a potential injury. Carry on, Rachel. That's it. That's the worst news I've ever heard. We should just end on that, though. I think... Also, uh, that you have to cut out the whole last 15 minutes of this podcast. No, it's all staying in, Rachel. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I think... Another episode 26. And I think uh, the Romano... Injury came on a Guriel home runoff. <laughs> so <laughs> there is Vlad long. bomb. Did you uh, guys talk about the home run derby? Vlad bomb. Uh, yeah, I did. The yeah, first father son duo, right? Yep. You wow, Rachel, look at you. That's why I'm on the pod, baby. Yeah. Um. Yeah that that was that was a lot of fun. The home run derby is always a great event. Uh, good time. It needs to be changed. Can back you insert pictures format, on the Zoom? Should I no. share my screen? It doesn't. No, but, um... <laughs> ben asked for that picture today, and I sent it to him, and he goes, "Gorgeous." <laughs> um. All right. Well, I don't know if do you guys have anything else you want to talk about. Otherwise, I think we we put in a pretty good shift tonight. Yeah. What are your favorite sea creatures? All right. Um, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for listening. <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Uh. All right. <laughs> Uh, take care and we will talk to you soon.